everybody. Welcome to Stranger Medicine. Welcome back. Welcome back. Stranger Medicine. Better have listened to the first episodes. Or first four. Three, four. Yes. How we have many? a special guest with us. Yes. Again. Again. Woo-hoo. She was so much Living fun off. the first time. We wanted her back. <clears throat> Thank you for inviting me back. Yes. You're very welcome. Thanks for coming. We couldn't, couldn't do it without you. Nope. Nope. So we, we were going to keep her alcohol, and she said uh, that I'm recording with you, so <laughs> fine. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Jeez, that's the way it goes. I don't want to invite myself to a party. (laughs) (laughs) Those are the best kinds of friends. (laughs) So Whitney is also a med tech, like Andrea. Uh uh Um, And so it's really fun to get her in the room. And we've been sharing lots of stories, Mm -hmm. uh, some inappropriate Mm -hmm. for the podcast and others. Is there really anything inappropriate for the podcast? Only things we don't want our listeners to know. Yes. Or about children, or, our children or, or yeah, later in life, maybe, or our dogs. <laughs> That's true. Our dogs don't want to know what's happening when they're sleeping. Exactly. In our bed. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> While well, you were snoring. While you were snoring. This was happening. happening. <laughs> All right. By the way, Uncle Dennis is my dog. <laughs> because I. Yeah, better. <laughs> if, you, if you like make this go viral, can I get a hundred dollars? Yeah. 
Yeah. I agree to let you put this. If my vet pulled his gloves off and hoverboarded <laughs> down, my dog would probably bite the shit out of it. Probably. Because, so. And my dogs are terrified. Like, if there's a skateboarder or a bicyclist, like, that oh, really? freaks the them. shit out of them. Oh, oh yeah. My dog doesn't like brooms or vacuums, and mm-hmm. by the way, neither do I. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. I thought you rode a broom. We yes. just discussed this. So we're talking about the cleaning side. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and interestingly enough, when, like, the cleaning lady, and yes, I'm a douche, and I have a cleaning lady, but when she comes over and she oh. vacuums, he doesn't get upset. He's like, you're allowed to do it. Mother is not. <laughs> Mother is not allowed to vacuum. She is that not allowed vacuum. to touch that vacuum. You cannot be demeaning yeah. to my mom. Yeah. My dog does not mind the vacuum either. I will literally have to bump her with the vacuum to get her to move. He hates it. Like the UPS man hates it. Like he hates it. But other people, it's fine. Just not like not family here. members. Family members, no. Yeah. Forget it. That's funny. It's weird that it's selective. Yeah, because yeah, normally they either oh, hate, they hate it, it like hate it. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, my dog, she's just lazy. She's a sharp and she's just she could care less. She's like, um, I'm laying she's here. Like, Can you vacuum out some of my food? Yeah. <laughs> <I think there's laughs> right <laughs> Seriously. So funny story. I actually I took a shower last night, which is kind of a oh, record. About to me. time. I know. I don't wash my hair very often because it takes too much time. But I took a shower last night, and I take showers at night, and then I sleep, and I let my hair dry, and then I do it the next morning. Mm-hmm. And I was curling my hair this morning, and there was a fucking rice crispy in my hair <laughs> this morning. You don't barely do wash it very well. No, or it was I'm in like, your bed. It was in my. It's I don't know. Bed. It must have been in my bed on my pillow. Yeah. I, I mean, crispy. your your three year old daughter sleeps with you guys. Yes. Yeah, so but I mean, I can't tell you the last time she had rice krispies in the bed. <laughs> so I'm still trying to figure out how I had a rice krispie. Maybe it was Michael. Was it in your like? Was it in your like the brush? So I just was like running my fingers through my hair to put my curly hair through it, and I like hit this like this thing that I thought was a knot, but then I looked and I pulled it out and it was a rice krispie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and the other thing is I don't have rice krispies in my house right now. So oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. it's like a whole. You guys, it's a whole story. That I mean, Jas- Jasmine, please. Destroy that part of the podcast. Embarrassing. <laughs> I've actually been at like a really fancy business meeting and looked over at my shoulder and realized I had peanut butter on my. I'm <laughs> like, well, I hope they know it's peanut butter. Oh yes, exactly. And then I had one time where like there, I was talking to this doc and he was bigger, he was taller than me, and I had one on one of those like like circular scarves. Mm-hmm. And mm. you know, I don't like a drapey, drapey, drapey scarf or whatever. Sure, sure, and sure. so like, <laughs> and so I always joke around and say like, if if you could be, if you all of a sudden turned into like the food that you ate the most, what mm-hmm. would you turn into? And mm-hmm. mine would be cheddy pop. I love a good cheddar popcorn. Oh, like smart. We both look at each other like cheddy like, pop. What the fuck is this cheddy pop? Is that a Portland thing? Cheddar popcorn and like smart oh. food cheddy pop, and then if you're really oh. feeling festive, pull pull like a pack of peanut butter M and M's or peanut M and M's in it yeah. and eat it oh, anyway. My husband does that shit. Oh, movie theater popcorn. Yeah, it's, it's almost divorced. And the popcorn is warm and no, you dump those in divorced. there. Oh, oh, oh no. no. Mm. Anyway, so I'm wearing this little scarf, and this doctor is like taller than me, and he looks at me and he goes, "Is that a piece of popcorn?" <laughs> 
That would be hilarious if he like plucked it out and ate it. And I look at him and I go, I look down and I was like, yeah, do you want this? What the fuck are you saying? Saving it for later. If not, then buy my shit. I'm in medical sales. Buy something. I was starving. I got on a plane for like four hours. I needed some Chetty Pop, goddammit. Anyway, I'll let you do your thing. And Whitney. No, that was funny. That was was perfect. That was perfect, yeah. All right, well, we're welcome, here. Whitney. We're so glad Thank you joined you. us yeah. again. It, it makes our lives a lot easier because yeah. it's less stories we have to come up I with. Know. I have so much funny it's commentary. It's so. I know. She thinks of things we, we don't we think of. I know. I'm a little disappointed in us. <sighs> well, listen. I'm here to boost your self esteem, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I know she sleeps with Uncle Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
The penis facial, they call it. <laughs> what is the penis and facial? And no, men, that doesn't podcast. mean you can just lay your penis on your wife's face and say and you're giving you her a facial. Google filter off and then Google <laughs> penis facial. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I think we all know the answer yeah. to that, Whitney. We all know what the penis facial really looks like. That's yeah, why. Um, oh, yeah. So it's like she went on the Ellen DeGeneres show and actually talked about it. It says discarded foreskins of newborn babies in Korea. Somehow, I think there's a little black market thing. Yeah, I think so, too. Mm. Mm. Interesting. um, Louise? Who's Louise? I don't know who that is. You know, Louise? secret box of EGF serum. EGF is derived from the progenerator souls of human fibroblasts taken from Korean newborn baby foreskin. Interesting, Interesting, right? It's okay. weird. You know, I think I will not be getting a foreskin facial anytime soon. So I need to see more research. I need to see more. <laughs> the jury's still out on that. Bland chat, so I can only uh, imagine. They're both beautiful too. too right. So well, I don't know. She hasn't aged at all. No, no. Just aging gracefully though. Like seriously. Do you guys get Botox? No, I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, so and that is the end of that questioning line. It's, for no. me, it's not necessarily about aging gracefully, but I will tell you, and I, and I won't completely blame it on this, but I grew up in Arizona and I never wore sunscreen. So I have extremely dark and very uh, exaggerated lines up here, and I also genetically have them between my eyes, which also always make me look angry. I do two of them right here. But yeah, you can I can't. See them. See I got one yes. deep one That's because right there. You can't see. <laughs> <laughs> no, right there. Have you Botoxed it? No, I don't. I'm afraid. I'm, I'm afraid. Me too. I'm actually afraid to Botox really? because I feel like I feel like people who over Botox, they all kind of look a little bit alike. Oh, they do. They do. I completely agree mm-hmm. that there's a point that you look like the Real Housewives. Like every yeah. Real Housewife just looks exactly the same. Or if you get lots but and lots of not, cosmetic that surgery. That's not just Botox yeah. though. That is like tons of fillers. All. That's mostly yeah. fillers. And that's, it's, it's a little creepy for me. It's a little scary. And so I'm just going to just only post Instagram filters like <laughs> <laughs> Google Glass would please yeah. fucking just make everybody like see me in like yeah. my most favorable. Your whatever you're calling wrinkles right now though don't show unless see. you're actually expressing. Well, when you furrow your brow right. like that, then yes, I can see them. That's but... the difference. It's <clears throat> when you express, I can see them, and when mm-hmm. you don't express, I can't. And like there yeah. are people that like even when they're just sitting there looking at you like a normal person, like. They have like these deep set wrinkles, which I absolutely have here, which you can't see too much because I've Botoxed them and I've got them up here, mm. but I Botox those as well. I just have the one just in my eye right there from going I like this. I can see it when you express too, yeah. but you, but you have kind of <clears throat> young looking face. Well, I'm chubby. You're lucky. So the chubbiness fills out the wrinkles. That's my secret. I'm working on it right out. I'm trying to get there. I've gained 10 pounds. In Have you? Yeah. Wow. Oh. Yeah, but you've been working out. You got 10 pounds of muscle, sister. No. Not chubs. No. Oh, what are we talking about today? Did we introduce ourselves? Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm Andrea Lindsay. This is Stranger Medicine, yeah, Stranger by the way. Podcast. Yes, this is Our a medical comedy humor. medical podcast. I'm a nurse. 
surrounded by med tech. Yeah, you're kind of outnumbered, outnumbered today. Outnumbered. But listen, we still love you. I'm dealing. We love we love our nurses. I love you guys. You know what? You guys have a bigger problem with nursing than nursing has a problem with you. The only problem that we ever have is when you call us at the critical. Yes. <laughs> Or when, we, we or when we or put the redraw. sample in the hemolyzer. No, I never even called it that, ever. <laughs> yeah, and I know because I drew some blood off pick lines, and sometimes you just can't get the freaking blood out of a pick line, yeah. so you just pull back that plunder as hard yeah. as you can. You just that's, all you can yes. that's all you can do. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. When I was in the military, I was mobilized, and my roommate was an RN. And I used to have that, like, lab tech, RN, like, you know, that's like the, uh-huh. the Crips in the blood. Oh, my yeah. God. You know, <laughs> I never, ever felt that way. Yeah, it's so funny. And then I had a roommate who mm-hmm. was an RN, and we would come home every day, and we would tell our stories, like, how was your day, honey? Right. Because we were, you know, like, together in this mm-hmm. army circumstance. Yeah. yeah. And it was a really wonderful experience, actually. Yeah. And I would, and, and after that, what I learned is that you should go around. There should be like a day at every hospital yeah. where you just live the life or go shadow for a couple mm-hmm. hours or whatever and just understand yep. what the nurse is dealing with. Because I remember thinking like this exact, like, oh, somebody tubed down this urine, and it's not labeled, and so it goes straight into the trash. Yep. And then there's an idiot, right? And you're like, nope, because I've got 50 other urines, and they all look very close to Mm -hmm. the same, and so how do I know? And I can put my license on the line to say that, to trust you, to say that this is John John Smith. Smith. Yeah. Exactly. And so, so, but then when I talked to my roommate, she was like, Oh my God! I've got the doctor yelling at me. I've got family. I've got oh my God! I've got people. I've mm-hmm. got way more. I'm supposed to have three patients. I've got seven. Right. Yeah. And I and I didn't. I, I put the. I didn't put the 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 label on the specimen itself. I just put it in the bag and I totally fucked up and I just want to get my time machine and fix it. <laughs> and then here's me at the other end like. perspective like, well, well just yeah. like what everybody else has to deal with and yeah. then when I did like uh interventional radiology stuff and mm-hmm. just talking to like even people who like transport patients and you're right like, you're like dude uh, the transport mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but you're like you've got like an IR suite that's like waiting and then mm-hmm. you know this has all this equipment and there's like six or seven people that are waiting TikTok, TikTok. waiting yeah. for this patient to come and the doctor's waiting and everybody's waiting and we're just waiting on transport. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. then, and then you talk to the transport people and they're like, dude. Yeah. Like yeah. So I think it's good to really just understand different people's perspective. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it did teach me that. It did. Could you imagine the difference it would make in the delivery of healthcare, like if we all like work together more as a team, right? Instead of just like nitpicking at they each did. other like constantly. I you have know? to say though, most of the and I was very very lucky. I will say because most of the hospitals I worked at and primarily there were two or well three hospitals that I worked at, but there was never any animosity between I would say the different um, departments and. Yeah. 
I mean, there was pharmacy, right? So pharmacy gets a buttload of shit, I'm sure, and and, and lab and physical therapy. I mean, for for ICU physical therapy, transport, and, like, all these people. Mm -hmm. And... I, when I took the job, you know, with the company we're in and it's, it's laboratory. And then I learned that there's this like huge animosity between lab and nursing. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yeah. I never experienced that. But again, maybe it's also because I'm on a different end. Could be. Maybe I didn't understand how irritated the lab people were with me because <laughs> I never necessarily felt that way yeah. back. See, I never felt it too much towards my nurses. I mean, occasionally if they'd get a new nurse. They had no clue, and they didn't. Too. They weren't trained. But one of my best friends growing up from seventh grade on, she's an RN. Oh, okay. So you know, we were going through college at the same time and taking similar classes, and she went the RN route, and I was gonna go the nursing route, and then that was a bad freaking oh, idea. You tell the story. So um, story. okay, so I'll tell the story. So I was actually a CNA. I don't know if Whitney knows that. I was a CNA at one point. Which um, is a certified nursing assistant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was gonna do that while I was gonna go through nursing school. It's kind of a job. Get my feet wet in the nursing field a little bit. Right. You know, get kind of get an make idea. Some money. Yeah, make some money. Learn some things and then be a nurse, right? So um, I was working um, as a CNA in a um, nursing home. And uh, um, I was the uh, graveyard shift. So I would go in at like, I don't know, 10 or 11 at night and get off at like 7 or 8 in the morning, right? Well, at the same time, I always, and I am not a night person anyway. I'm a morning person by nature, like my whole life I've been. So that shift was hard for me to begin with. The whole thought of staying up all night, oh, God, yeah, bad. Not, not in my well, nature. Well, CNA work is hard. Work. It's, it's hard, it's hard like work. It's work in the hospital. Yeah, it is. It's, it's horrible. You're, you're changing diapers. You're helping them get dressed. You're, you're cleaning. Sheets, you're, you're showering. And yeah, stuff. it's, it's a hard job. But it's also the first point of care too. It is. From it's a an patient perspective. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. It's an important job. The CNA is nine times out of ten the first one. Yeah. You know, I mean, and so, I mean, I have some good stories from it, too, but at the same time. So, um, I was newly pregnant with my first child, and um, I had morning sickness pretty bad. So, I would go to work feeling fine, and then we'd get sicker and sicker and sicker as the night would go on. Um, This one particular time, I went in to go help this fairly large woman start getting ready for the day. Wasn't feeling great to begin with. Didn't love this job. I'd only been there for a couple of months. Was not thrilled with it. Already knew this is probably not my life's choice, yeah. right? And um, this woman um, was in a wheelchair, and and, and I'm not fashioning because I'm chubby myself. I have no problems with being heavy, but um, she also had a colostomy bag. So I don't know if Kat, if you want to explain what a colostomy yeah. bag is. So anyone yeah. that hasn't uh, experienced a colostomy bag. Uh, it's basically, well, for this particular story, it's uh, when a piece of your colon is removed. Yeah. And you can have like an ileostomy. Um, and you, I mean, you can have other parts of your intestine, small intestine, or in this case, your colon removed and have a little bag. But for the colostomy, it's your colon. And instead of like the poop coming out of your butthole, it comes out of a little what they call a stoma in your stomach. Mm-hmm. So there's like this little circle in your stomach. And then you have a little bag attached to your stomach, and that's where your poop goes. Yeah. So she had a colostomy. So she had a colostomy. She had a poo bag. She had a poo bag. So, and the same thing, like, 
when you fart, gas comes out of yes. your rear. Well, if you have a bag attached to your butt, the the fart goes in your bag. The fart goes in the bag, right? So <laughs> you know, it expands. And when it expands, it right, it fills up with gas. Well, so me being a eight, I was nineteen years old at the time, and newly pregnant, pregnant not feeling good, been up all night, wasn't thrilled with the job anyways. I go in to help this woman get ready, and she burps it, which means she lets the gas escape. Right, like and pushes the air out of it right so basically build up a fart suddenly come out of this bag and i vomited in her bathroom and left walked off the job that was it that was the end of my nursing career that was it i'm like screw this i'm done and you know i mean i'd only had like an hour left in my shift anyway but I was like, that, that is it. That is the end for me. So and they were like, just come back. It'll get better. I'm like, no, it won't. Because like, this, this career, the rest of my life, I'm not. I'm like, fuck this. Yeah. Not for me. I am not meant to be in nursing. So yeah. And then I went into college and I took a microbiology class and I was like, ding, ding, ding. Yeah. That was that was That's me. That was my thing. Micro lab. I know. You're like, just nervous, send but... me what's inside the cloth yeah. in the bag in the little cup. Like, that's I, all I want to say. By the way, also right. can leave some stinky stuff. They can, but for you can sure. put that you can put that shit under a hood for the most part. And then you don't have the to smell it. it. Put the lid back on it. Or, you know, make the some hard part is you can make do it. all the faces you want in the lab and you're not offending the patient. But no. when you literally barf in their room because they've grossed you out so bad. Like, think about that poor patient. She's like, oh, oh my, God. my helper you just left. It works? I've never, uh, not from patient related stuff. I've barfed at work as in being just. Just sick. Just being sick. Yeah. Yeah. But like the weird thing is, like I I have one of those stomachs where, no. First of all, I I can probably count in my hands how many times I've barked. Are you serious? I've probably only thrown up five times my whole life. Oh my gosh! No. (laughs) Seriously, man. Yeah. No, and one of the first times I ever threw up in my entire life was like a 21st birthday Las Vegas situation. Oh, like, I wow. I'm not a barfer. Dude, oh, being pregnant, I barfed every day for months. I to the point where barfing. I would just barf and then no big deal. I mean, like, I remember one time when I was going Ugh. through college, I worked at Fred Meyer and um, I worked in home electronics and I was in the back room talking to my boss. I literally leaned over, barfed in the garbage and just, like, took a drink of water and finished my conversation. It was like, she. I mean, she was older. She didn't care. She knew. She was like sweet you don't have to take the day off and you don't have to go to the bathroom it's <laughs> just like just good to go yeah i've never barked from a patient experience i have definitely okay so in the lab um like the to me the most grossest nastiest specimen well i'm gonna know i know this already our sputum. Sputum, yes! yep. So do oh, you answer your question. Okay, so yeah. this is what they used to always say to us. Uh, well, like on the floor, right? So they used to be like, and by the way, bless you, respiratory therapist. That's oh, exactly God, what yes. I was going to say. So oh. they say, how do you know if you're going to be a nurse or a respiratory therapist? Would you jump into a pool of poo or would you jump into a pool of sputum? And I would say a hundred times out of a hundred. Yep. Poo. Yep. Every day I'd play Every day. Poo. You told me over sputum. I would barf. Yeah, I would throw up. So when I was doing sputum my tech internship, we had to do certain rotations oh. in certain departments mm-hmm. in the lab. And <laughs> I had my friend uh, Jason and I would play would play this game like, would you would you put this in your mouth? 
Oh, what is like it? Like the intestinal. Yes, like the gooey, like if I have oh, to wipe uh-huh. up goo, oh, the like, gooeyness oh. of it. That makes me want Done. to. Okay, we're so far into this and we haven't talked about anything yet. <laughs> we can jazz All right, edited. so I talked about, um, so I talked about foreskin facials. Is there anything else newsworthy? So I did, you guys, I will, I will summarize this super duper quickly because I did get a good one in my mm-hmm. feed. Um, and because, like, we love the podcast, My Favorite Murder, right? Mm-hmm. We're very into true crime. Love it. Georgia love, and Karen, we love we you. We love you. We love My Favorite Murder. We yes. love true crime. But, like, this was a pot, this was a, a news feed that popped up, and I'll summarize it without reading it out loud. But basically, the gist of it was um, they are looking at um, DNA. Okay, I'm going to have to go to it. I'm sorry. I'm not as good as I thought I was. So it says, Man who had transplants. Yes, yes, yes. I found it. Yes. Ah, okay. Man who had who had transplant finds out months mm-hmm. later that his DNA has changed to that of his donor yes. five thousand miles away. Specifically, bone marrow. His sperm. So his sperm turns one hundred percent DNA identical to his, no, his no, donor. No. Oh, yes. yes. No. No. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. So he'd have leukemia, right? I have this. Yeah. So he'd have leukemia. Yeah. Right. right. You can get chimerism, which is cool. Okay, I love I the word talk. too. Do you want me to? Okay, I'm gonna read it. Yeah, read it. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to now. Mm-hmm. It's so controversial. <laughs> okay. Three months after his bone marrow transplant, Chris Long of Reno, Nevada, learned that his DNA in his blood has changed. It had all been replaced by the DNA of his donor, a German man he had exchanged just a handful of messages with. He'd been encouraged to test his blood by a colleague at the sheriff's office where he worked. Mm -hmm. She had an inkling that this might happen. It's the goal of the procedure. After all, weak blood is replaced by healthy blood and with it, the DNA it contains. So far, believer. Mm -hmm. So four years after his life-saving procedure, it was not only Long's blood that was infected, swabs of his lips and cheeks contained his DNA, but also that of his donor. Even more surprising to Long and other colleagues at the crime lab, all of the DNA in his semen belonged to his donor. Okay, so let's yes. talk about why I thought it was, it was at the crime lab. Incredible. <laughs> well, because he, he worked. He worked there. Yeah, he worked there. Yeah, he said that he worked. It said. Um, uh, da, 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 but he worked at the sheriff's office. Is that you, crazy though? So like here's, for us Marinos who love like crime lab stuff, I mean, yeah. what are the chances, right? I mean, so the chances are low that like your donor would also be a freaking serial killer, right? Right. Right. But right. It, but if it would or be if like you the perfect that argument. Well, yeah, but how do you think like you could? Donate bone marrow and then like you would and have, then you'd like, rape and kill somebody. And, well, no, but, but you could have kids. You could have kids that are biologically. Yeah, but then it would be a perfect match. I think they're talking about like his DNA then was like a perfect match to his donor. Is it perfect match? Oh, I don't know. No, because I, I think know. in his semen it was completely one hundred percent. All of the his, DNA in his semen belonged to his, his donor. donor. Okay, so mm-hmm. um, so that's. Interesting. Isn't that weird? But your but your D, but the DNA is half of yours. In your semen mm-hmm. or your egg, if you're a female, is half of your DNA. Right. It's the third it's only thirteen chromosomes. Right. Yeah. That make it up. Because so, the other half would be the mom. I mean but exactly. but it's a human. Yeah. yeah. Right, but if they're only doing <clears throat> semen testing Okay, just say it, your donor was a Say your donor was a serial killer, okay? 
Yeah. Right. Well, or and let's they say rapist. Trace it back. Yeah. Your rapist or killer. Or and they trace it back. They trace it back. They do a little mm-hmm. swabby. They trace it back, and now it now matches you and your donor because you both have the same in your semen. Well, but they wouldn't trace it back to him. They would trace it back to the donor. Who knows? Because he if is, he was the one in the community, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's so interesting, well. and having the babies is the first thing I went to. Because yeah. if you Cause had a the baby. Right. right. Genetically, that baby is not yours. It does not have your genetic DNA. Ooh, I didn't even think about that. It yeah. has oh, I the donor. I was thinking yeah. about killing people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it would be a perfect cover at the same time. Because if then, if you became as the recipient, you became like a rapist, a serial rapist, all of the semen collected at the scene would match the guy in Germany. It would not match you. Because in, in semen only. In semen only. Right. In other parts of his body, he does have his original DNA that's, Ooh, that's coming true. Yes. Crazy, though. Crazy. Yeah. So then if you have a baby, then for real, does that become the other person's? Well, I mean, genetically, technically, yeah, it's going to have the genetic traits of the donor. And so any, you know, genetic that diseases. That was here. This was... Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that because it was this particular article is completely about... Like forensics and and uh, yeah, you know crime basically. right. And the baby thing is the first thing because I think I even titled it because I'll email that stuff to myself when it pops mm-hmm. up and it said my baby not my baby like question mark like oh, so whose baby would it be? Yeah, what? you are not the father. <laughs> wait, but wait, maybe. I you are the one. father. But you are, but you're not. But you're not. Like maybe you're a German guest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. Your dad put his penis in your mom's vagina, but no. you're not his baby. Yeah. But Honey, you got vagina. some spleena to do. <laughs> she got no vagina, <laughs> so it's it's all screwed up. She was stabbing the stomach. Yes. From giving a blowy. You didn't listen to oh. last week's episode. Listen. Go back. I understand all understand. So, yeah, that was my news feed. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I I pegged the same thing. Yeah, because it was. Yeah. Well, for me it was forensics. I didn't even think about like. Yeah. Actually, like, I don't know. Yeah. Don't know how that works. Weird. They huh. should study that. And that yeah. didn't even pop up in the article. I think he's in his forties, and I don't know. Well, this, yeah, this yeah. particular guy wasn't about the babies he was having. Right. It was, it was like, all about the forensic guy. stuff. Because he worked in the in the law enforcement yeah so it was all about that for him but mm. crazy okay. more to come yeah who's got the big one this week <clears throat> i'll do it i'll do the big one this okay. week so is this my, one i have heard or haven't no probably not <gasps> yeah no so and this is a compilation of um, a couple different stories that i've cobbled together because i thought it was interesting they all kind of went together so um the first so it's basically all about blood Okay, so going back to the forensics and stuff, but it's all about blood. And the first part of the story, um, it's really interesting because it was talking about um, donating blood and if you could receive a different type of blood. Okay, so we have the four main blood groups, which are A, B, AB, and O. Okay, and so for those of you who don't know, um, the way it's determined is A, B, and AB, you have certain sugar molecules on the outside of your cells, which um, define which kind of blood, the very simplistic version of it. If you have O, you have none of it. Okay, so that's why we say an O person is a universal donor, is because you can give that blood and anybody can receive it. Okay, I'm an o. you're an O. I'm an O. An o. I'm also O. 
and I'm an A. So, and, and especially for this country, um, Caucasian people are typically A, okay? Yeah. You didn't know that? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're unusual. You're yeah, special. There are, really? Uh, there are ethnic tendencies. Yeah. What's the, what's the, oh, Texas. Ethnic tendency. Uh, freaking oh. Yeah, I don't remember. I'll look yeah. it up. Okay. So, but I do know, um, you know, we always want O people to donate, but that's right. not what the majority of the people in this country are. Oh, I um, thought O was the universal no. normal. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> not normal, so, but A, majority. A is A is most. Is most people, uh -huh. but, um, mm -hmm. but it varies from country to country. It does. I didn't know that. Yeah. But I thought O is super, super common. No, it is not. It, it, the oh, most rare is AB. That's that the most know. rare. Okay. Um, and actually, my husband is AB, so which is kind of exciting. So my children, I've never, kids. I've actually, I've typed my Jasmine and Mason. Um, and Jasmine, I believe, was a pause, um, which is what I am. Yeah. I believe Mason is I the same. They typed them all at birth. They typed mine at birth. Oh. Um, now they only mm -mm. type you at birth if you are either O yes. or RH negative. Yes. Which is the positive negative so piece of it. So because I was O, they will they type. type they will type your kids. Because you, yeah. because oh, you create anti A and anti B, and that's an IgG molecule, so mm -hmm. that's. Pass over the placenta. Yes. And then if so you're Rh negative, they want to know if the baby was Rh positive. The Rh, then, I know. Because you could. Um, if the dad is positive and the mom is negative. They didn't never. They never typed my husband though. No, then then, then you'd be positive. So they I am never. Positive. Yeah, that's why. They never yeah. typed the husband. No. There's no, there's, there's no, no reason. If you're negative, but what if he's an A? Or it it, it doesn't, doesn't that doesn't matter. My kid's an A or B, and I'm an O. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because your husband could be like it's like the typical four square. So if you're O, then you're O O because it's recessive. But your husband could be A, and he could be A O. So you could still have an O baby. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? But if my baby's an A, then that's fine. What if I attack my baby? But there's no need either way. You're an O, so there's no. Oh, need. they can receive. There's no yeah. need for your husband. I'm to an O. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. All that blood bait training really paid off. There we go. <laughs> That's like a way of saying men don't matter when it comes. No. <laughs> no. 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 It's all about what the mom has. If the mom has the negative piece, then they might have. Then they'll have to get Rogam. Right. My because sure was a negative. Yeah, and and then that's why um, Rogam is so amazing because right. basically it masks the baby to the mom. M. Right, because yeah. you're a negative mom and you have a positive baby, then you eat right. your baby. You, it, yeah, you you attack your baby. Literally, yeah, your baby. body attacks it because it sees it as porn. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> segue. Yeah, yeah, go go. So have you guys <laughs> ever read all the controversial stuff on um, negative? Are you a negative? I'm a positive. Are you a negative? I'm a negative. Okay, look it up. Because people literally think I'm that being negative. I'm going to Google Whitney Goff. No, no, no. Just, <laughs> just a negative <laughs> blood type. Because there are um, people out there, and excuse me, listeners, if you're one of them, and write in while you believe this, because uh, I'm interested. But my sister's also a negative. And I had a nanny once who was a little borderline uh, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And she actually believed that negative uh, blood type people were aliens. Really? I told you this. Did I not? No. Yes. Is this the same one that yes. like believed in fairies all, and stuff? So, okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Garden gnomes, fairies, all of it. Okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, okay, it's just being like 
left-handed people are the devil because I'm it's also not left-handed. really. It's not. It explains oh. a lot. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into that. <laughs> No, 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 no. She's an alien. Like, they've somehow gone back to some scientific proof that actually all negative blood type people are the products of alien, uh, aliens impregnating humans. And the reason that negative blood types have... Be- so before Rogam, right, uh, like my, my grandmother, for mm-hmm. instance, was a negative blood type, and uh, and she lost. A baby after baby after yeah. baby. Yeah. So the first like baby. Marriages. Yeah. yeah. Miscarriages. Right. No marriages. And this, so these people, mm-hmm. these conspiracy theorists, say that it's because it's like like alien DNA. Alien 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 it's compatible and it doesn't work. Right? Oh goodness. So that's like what they believe. Okay. These flat earthers. It sounds silly. Watch well, no. So it is silly, but it's an absolute. Like if you look it up, these people are. Watch ancient aliens. And. Um, <laughs> So there's that whole thing about, like, yeah, negative blood types are aliens. Oh, my gosh. I just lost my train of thought. But, um, <laughs> no, I did. I had a second I had a second comment to this. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so basically, like, negative blood types are aliens, and that's the reason that, like. Oh, and they also, okay, so when you come back from the bathroom, so let me go to the bathroom. So negative blood type people statistically uh-huh. have more alien encounters reported than really? positive blood type people. I had never heard that. Yep. That's crazy. Statistically, they have actually proven that. I want to look that up. All right. So we're back. We're back. Whitney has peed. Andrea has a drink. I do. Mm -hmm. And we're back Mm -hmm. to Whitney being an alien. It's okay. Or or a lizard person. You know, we don't know yet. They say, um, so conspiracy theorists say that negative blood tips are the uh, product of alien invasion and reproducing with humans, but statistically, uh, allegedly, and I, I won't quote any sources because I don't have them on hand, but um, alien abductions happen more frequently with negative blood type people. That's crazy. Well, that's, that's why I've never seen an alien. Gosh, dang it. Damn it. I know. Let us know. Yeah, let us know. I haven't <clears throat> seen an alien in like a week. I know. so Damn it. Okay. So, um, going back to this, so we, we talked a little bit about how A is most prevalent, yeah. but it is not the universal donor, which is so desperately needed, right? Um, we need O negative specific, but O positive also works a lot of times. Oh, alien. Uh-huh. We need alien blood, yes, for oh, um, if oh, people... Oh, alien. I am O negative. She's an alien. Oh. Did you hear about, um, not to cut you off, but mm-hmm. did, you, did you know that somebody invented, like, a, basically an enzyme that cut, that cleaves off the, uh, the A and the B? Would you like to just read my oh, little? Oh, okay, no. That's <laughs> perfect. That's yeah, perfect. No, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what I was going to, yeah, per- this is a perfect segue. Super mm-hmm. fucking awesome. Isn't it so cool? Yeah. yeah. So that's the whole thing. Um. So researchers analyzing bacteria in the human gut have discovered that microbes there produce two enzymes that can convert the common type A into a more universally accepted type. If the process pans out, blood specialists suggest it could revolutionize blood donation and transfusion. So basically what that means is somebody who is an A or B can go 
and donate their blood, and we can treat it, and then it can be donated to anyone. Wait, so an enzyme they found Wait. in the human gut. In the in a bacteria. It's a it's a bacteria. It's a it's a something in the in bacteria in the human gut that can strip away these. Um, it produces enzymes, is what it does. It strips away the extra sugars on the outsides of the cells. Which is interesting because um, the reason that people uh, develop antibodies to a blood type is because they get exposed to certain like saccharides. Mm -hmm. So, so mm -hmm. that's also like you eat bread or you eat like these things, mm -hmm. and then you develop, and then you develop. You like this isn't like me, and so you develop anti A or anti B mm -hmm. depending on what your blood type is. And so it actually makes a lot of sense. From yeah. A, from a immunology perspective. Yeah. So, and there's actually a shortage just of like O, o, o blood. Oh, what? There's a shortage of people donating O blood. So when somebody goes to surgery and they need, or they've been in an accident, and they need blood to, you know, replenish whatever they've lost, right. there's a shortage of blood that actually will work for them. But if we can take anybody's blood and basically process it, expose and it to, turn it into o. basically okay. turn it into O, then that shortage goes away. So <clears throat> I think where I lost you is this. So if somebody, well, I, right as soon as you started talking about saccharides and, okay, and sugars and that, I started thinking about the blood type diet. Like, oh. I tried to get you to read and she never did. No, so, I kind of listened to it, but yeah. So it's interesting. Here's, it is. Here's my psycho told me about that too. I'll here's my explanation. <laughs> so um, if whatever blood type you have, let's say you have A, mm -hmm. then that means that you don't have B. And so your body will naturally produce an antibody against it's B. Against B. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I get all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I get it. So that is not a naturally occurring antibody. There's no reason for your body to produce an anti-A or an anti-B because you have never been exposed to A or B blood. Right. So kind of like immunizations, right? You've been exposed so to Correct. But correct. there's nothing right. that happened from a blood perspective right. that so would why? give you that antibody. Mm -hmm. So the theory is that there is something it, that you're exposed to as a young, and also when you're born as an infant, mm -hmm. let's say you're A as an infant, you don't quote unquote back type. So you don't mm -hmm. have an antibody as mm -hmm. an infant when you're no, first born. You don't core blood when they test core blood, mm -hmm. there's no antibodies that they can test against to mm -hmm. verify your blood type. Right. Because you haven't developed it. So right. at some point you start to develop those antibodies as a mm -hmm. young human mm -hmm. and they think that that is an exposure to to different things within your environment which would which could make sense that if you eat something that you're mm -hmm. going to develop an antibody towards something that is not you. So why can't you believe in the blood type diet? That's a whole other story. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. we're talking about eating and typing and like no, what it's it's it, doesn't make, it doesn't make sense. Like diet isn't that simple. Yeah. No, but he did say under a microscope when he looked at certain blood types reacting with certain foods, they agglutinate or they don't agglutinate. Yeah, but that's not how it would re react, like within your stomach and with your intestines, and because it's not coming so into direct when you contact with the blood. Thing, would you get a A or B antibody? We don't know. We don't know fully, but we do know he like adults. If you were having A 
blood type, you have what we call naturally occurring anti-B. Right. But a baby doesn't. So we know it's not necessarily... Not at birth. It's not at birth, right? It's not... It's not yeah, it's not in utero, utero being developed. Your body learned that. Your body learned it. However, if you're an O, you don't have... Oh. You have both, actually. You have an anti-A and an anti-B. So as an O person, you can never receive right. A blood or B blood. Right. But... If we were able to treat A B A blood or B blood to make or A B blood, right, right, then all of a sudden right. you could actually receive any which of those. Which is super cool. Which is super cool, right? Basically, it's so revolutionary, which is so amazing. And you know, as a as I've been a blood banker, not like an AAB or an FBB person, but um, you get somebody that comes in and they've got tons of antibodies, and you immediately just go, oh fuck. <laughs> Like, seriously, oh, God, this is going to take forever to type all this up. How what am I going to tell Right. How many units am I going to have to pull to find a compatible? So to be able to do something like this, and it's the start of that, is amazing. Is there, like, a company or a, like... So it's basically in, in university still. So the University of British Columbia in Vancouver, Canada, they're the ones who kind of um, have um, championed this to start out with. But um, And it's pretty expensive still, yeah. but um, it looks like it's starting to come more and more, especially as our shortage of available O blood is dwindling. Is the availability dwindling because of donors? Um, it's because of a couple of different things. Because and it, I know you have to, like, meet some criteria, Yeah, right? you know, and even, like, in the U.S., they don't even let, like, homosexual men still, like, donate. Yeah. If you've had a tattoo, if you've ever been an IV drug user, if right. you've ever... If you've been to Africa, if you've been... Right. right. Like, there's so many criteria that are ruling out a lot of certain things. Which I get. Yeah, like I work for a blood donor center, so there are certain things that are never... Like, you're just totally... You're off the list. You're Forget off it. the list. Mm. And then there are certain things where, like, if, you, if you've if you been to a certain area, like, for example, a malaria area or mm-hmm. something like that, then you have to have a certain amount of time right. that you're there. So, um, and then... Um, but don't they just screen all that anyway? Well, they do, but it's not 100%. They do. And there's, you a, know. there's a window. Let's say that if you... Oh, right. There's, window, a, there's a window mm-hmm. between when you have been exposed right. to something like when you are there and when you can test for something. Right. Yeah. So that's really a big there's there's really a big difference between like when you have it and when the when you have it enough to be able to transmit. To, to well not even to be able to test positive to be able to test positive. Have it or not. Yeah. So that's a sensitive it's what they call mm-hmm. sensitivity from a science perspective. Mm-hmm. So sensitivity means like I can see one needle in the haystack. Yeah. Right? So if you have one little HIV virus or hepatitis C virus right. running around in your uh-huh. blood, just one, I can test I can for see it. it. Right. And so and then specificity is a little bit different. So specificity means like it's positive. Does it mean that it's HIV, HCV, mm-hmm. HAV, like right. all of these? Can things you so find the red needle versus the blue needle right. in the head stack? Exactly. Head stack. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> this is why medicine. <clears throat> complicated it, it is yeah. but this whole thing was so exciting when i read this to say oh how amazing then would it be everyone <clears throat> could donate everyone no could donate and we can remove right. all that yeah and the shortage becomes nil no. okay now, so can they remove the rh factor so that can they remove the positive and make it negative so that would be cool that would be cool no no that's that's not so yet different <laughs> they would be cool that would be cool but here's the thing you can still, if you're Rh negative, receive Rh positive blood once. Mm-hmm. Once. One time. 
because mm-hmm. you don't have a natural antibody to it. No. But you will develop one. That you, you could. And that is yep. why before our HMN globulin was discovered. Rogam. Which is Rogam. Yep. Uh, that that is why people had had miscarriages. Yeah. They'd have one first, baby. They'd have first baby, right, which the was first fine. baby turns out would be fine. fine. Second baby, they would have problems because they developed the antibody. Baby. Yeah. Yep. 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 Interesting. Yeah, which is so amazing that Rogam when it came out, um, so revolutionary. So and it saved it has saved thousands of lives. And yeah. you think of like the evolutionary ripple that that's yeah. created, you know. All these babies are suddenly alive, mm-hmm. and then how that affects everybody down the road, which is pretty amazing. Yeah. I yeah. think of, like, the heartache of my <clears throat> grandma, right? Like, yeah. losing baby after baby after baby. Oh, that would be just baby. heartbreaking. I know, and like, not ever, like, figuring out And not why knowing or, why. Right. Yeah. How or what can I do. Yeah. And there's no fucking birth control, really. Right. So it's keep like having. you keep having sex, you keep getting pregnant, and, yeah. and then you have a miscarriage. Yeah. So. Terrible. So no vagina, yes a clitoris. <laughs> Much easier. <laughs> Bring it back. Okay. So a couple other sections that went around with my okay. my little blood topic, um, and this kind of is really funny because it kind of comes back to our whole um, um, foreskin facial oh, thing. So back to that. kind of in a really weird way. So wow. the newest thing. They're saying blood is the next big government approved drug. Uh, 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 so uh, there is a startup. Yeah, it's well, but here's here's what they're doing. Now they're gonna make money off of it. Yeah. Somehow. And they are. It's there's a new startup that fills the veins of older people with blood from younger donors. Oh, hoping stop. the procedures would help conquer aging by rejuvenating the body's organs. I think I do have a news feed about this. I might share at some point. Yeah. So, so this was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's a it, it's a controversial startup that charges eight thousand dollars to sure. fill a patient's like veins. Yeah, that's the exactly what they're that's exactly what they're saying. Eight thousand bucks to stay young. Yeah. So the guy who started up, who is not a licensed medical pr- practitioner, shocker, uh, told Business Insider that he planned to open the first. It's called the Ambrosia Clinic in New York City by the end of the year. That didn't happen. Instead, he said the sites where customers can get the procedure, where it's already happening, is in Los Angeles, San Francisco, Tampa, um, money, Omaha, money, money, and money, Houston. Money, 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 yeah. Money. Um, they have had a clinical trial. I know, seriously. <laughs> so the spa. Blood transfusion. Yeah. That's what they're toting. Yeah. Okay. So if you're older, you can I get can a complete transfusion with younger person's blood. Just like a foreskin on your fucking face. Like a foreskin on your face. Right. Yep. Um, results little of the study. Tiny baby dick. Yeah. Big in your face. <laughs> making like it feel good. Tiny. Baby like dick. a little. Yes. <laughs> um, there is no scientific evidence suggests that the treatments could help anyone. Um. There has been a lot of raised flags with it. So that's well, all I'm going to say on that one, which I think, bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, bullshit. I cry bullshit on it, too, but. I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. You'd be into it? I'm not saying I'd be into it, like as mm-hmm. in I'm about it. But I would say if you're searching for the fountain of youth, mm-hmm. getting rid of all your old blood and getting a bunch of new blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but your red blood cells uh, They're new anyways. 120 yeah. days. Or 120 days. Or yeah. You get cancer. I don't know that. Neither did I. 
And then, but we don't know. Yeah, your bone marrow um, and your liver creates new cells all the time. All the time. All the time. That's why, but that's why when you donate blood, it's only good for 45 days. It's yeah. That's kind of like the average half-life of, a, of blood. So, like, it's always, con- it's constantly so being getting, uh, mm-hmm. so getting baby blood. In addition, in addition to that, mm-hmm. 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 blood cells don't have nucleus, so they don't have DNA. Yeah. So there's no... It's not going to rejuvenate anything. There's, there's no. Nothing, there's nothing happening there. Yeah. I should get, bl- like, an occasional blast cell that would go in and... Well, that's not a good thing, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But if you blast in your periphery, then you're... You got leukemia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got cancer. It's well, not good. going to look really fine. <clears throat> Always. I mean, on the surface, it sounds like a great idea, but if you think about it, the blood circulating in your body is the same fucking age as circulating in your kid's body. Hmm. Same. They're the same I age. Everybody, I don't think every <clears throat> layman knows that. They don't. No, I mean, yeah. I may have learned that in anatomy, but I don't remember. Listen, this day. is our PSA. <laughs> this, so, is, yeah. this is our little PSA for the day. <clears throat> and then the last piece that I want to go over, and I thought this was hilarious. If you receive a blood transfusion or you pay for one, because that's what you're into, you might also be receiving a free dose of caffeine, Xanax, and cough medicine. That'll make me feel pretty good. Yeah, so that'll make you feel great. Um, blah, blah, blah. Researchers from Oregon State University sifted through 18 batches of supposedly pure human blood samples bought from a biomedical supplier using a technique called mass spec. Reporting in the Journal of Pharmaceutical and Biomedical Analysis, so this is legit shit, the team was attempting to demonstrate a new method for looking at interactions between botanical dietary supplements and drugs. While carrying out the research, they noticed that the samples were laced with cocktails oh of drugs. Gosh, that's why they felt so good. That's why they feel good. Oh. All blood samples contained. $8,000 Xanax. Yep. All blood samples contained caffeine. Every single yeah. one of them. I'm sure they did. Everyone. Right? I mean, I our country lives what? on fucking caffeine. While a number of other samples were found to contain alprozalum, an anti-anxiety medicine known as Xanax, um, dexomethoforum, I clearly not a drug person. I don't know what the fuck these names are. And an over-the-counter cough medicine um, and a medication for type 2 diabetes because... We're in the U.S. Interesting. Yeah, all the blood samples. Well, all the blood samples can had caffeine. The others had traces. So caffeine, traces. I think. I yeah. See the fountain of youth. Um, trace back to caffeine. Since the <laughs> like seriously, <laughs> <laughs> not good. I feel great. I'm not tired. I feel great. I'm tired. 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 I'm Eight thousand dollars totally worth it. I know. Yeah, or I can go to Starbucks and get a caffeine, get a coffee. Since the sample size was relatively small, it's uncertain how prevalent this problem is across the population. However, given the world's taste for coffee and all things caffeinated, drug contamination in donor blood could be um, rife. We can only speculate on how widespread the problem is. And it's not something we they routinely look for. And it's not going to hurt, don't you know, recipients. Yeah, yeah. So. So they get it. So there you go. You got okay. blood with a kick. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm. Hmm. All right. So don't get a transfusion. Just go to Starbucks. People getting blood transfusions and feeling like a million bucks afterwards. Yeah. But those are people that like their H and H like through the toilet. Or, yeah. Usually. Yeah. But, 
When I was doing an internship, part of my internship was done um, on Native American land, right, at a at a clinic in, um, on a Native American reservation, which was an amazing um, and intimidating in the beginning opportunity, which was ironic because it was only like 15 minutes from my house. Mm-hmm. But I learned how little I knew of them and, and their culture, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the first things um, that I learned is that they believe in bloodletting. And so, you know, I go in and I'm like day one or day two and here I am just this brand new little intern. So excited to start my internship in medical, you know, medical technology. And um, patient comes in and they're like, yeah, I'm feeling really sluggish. I want you to take like eight to ten vials off of me. And I'm like, what? what the fuck? Like, what are you talking about? Like, we don't do that. Like, that's not what we do. And um, the lab manager, who was this wonderful woman who had been there for years, like 20, 25 years, she pulls me aside and she says, look, you're a medicine woman now. You know, when you're here, you're a medicine woman. This is part of their beliefs. And so, we, you know, we they believe in bloodletting. So you need to go draw off, like, 10 to 12 vials. And, and you know, afterwards, you know, learning more about it, it does help stimulate your um, your bone marrow and your liver to create yeah. more cells. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of right. There's some Eastern there. medicine. Yeah, there is some scientific yeah. basis for it, right. but it was a bit of a shock because it's not what we were trying to do. Right. It's like, no, we give blood. What are you talking about? I'm not right. going to just drain them. And eight to twelve vials, really. I mean, tiger top tubes. Just a it's really not that much. Right. but And so really I think it was more psychosomatic for these patients because they'd be like, oh, I feel so much better. I feel so lighter. I feel – I'm like, you're fucking lightheaded because I just drew some blood off of you. But in reality, it did make sense, you know. I have we're a doing girl. I get, uh, I get my massage. I, not as frequently as I like to, but she started doing cupping to try to okay. like relieve some of my other – long-term back and knee issues, mm-hmm. but she was actually talking about the same thing where she was like, well, I just do like the cupping right and, um, you know, these different colors mean different things and like then you can get some lymphatic, I don't know what she called like it, fluid yeah. okay. out of it. She said, but like other places in the world, she said, which I obviously won't do to you, but they make a little slit mm-hmm. in the skin and then they do your cupping and then the blood comes out. So it is kind of like a bloodletting uh-huh. thing that goes along with cupping, but she said, like, there's all this research out now that that has been as effective, quote, unquote, as dialysis for, okay. you know, certain people of certain cultures and whatnot. Uh-huh. But I'm like, no, oh, please don't make it. Yeah. Like, I'm like, well, I'm good with it. Just believe it. I'm not ready to go there. She wouldn't have it. Yeah.
find the show. That was right after you started, wasn't it? It was like, yeah. It was yeah, like, okay. Um, I kind of remember that. 2015? Yeah. Yeah. 14, 15. It, yeah, it was like right before we got married. And then um, on top of that, because of all my sort of upper and lower spine issues, I have a lot of knee issues on top of it. I've got very tight ligaments and tendons and I'm just like a very tight person. So I've got a lot of like chondromalacia in my knees and all sorts of other things. So anyways, I was going to have to have surgery on my knees to cut tendons and ligaments to loosen everything yeah. up. And so oh, like, God. yeah. <laughs> so I actually, like, please just let me try anything. So um, I started seeing this pretty aggressive massage therapist and she started cupping my knees and cupping my, especially my neck and my shoulders, because I still suffer. I actually suffer more the whiplash from that car accident than I do from like the surgery in my yeah. lower back. So she started cupping all those areas and I haven't had it done in so long, but I can not tell you, like I have, I had some really significant relief after that. Wow. Well, it makes sense. It's short if term. Pull, if you pull like, more you circulation right? mm-hmm. yeah, into that area, yeah. and then you're going to pull more attention to everything. Yeah, right? increasing the blood flow like and yeah. creating the immune response <clears throat> into that particular area. And she said mm-hmm. by the different colors you get, like if you get no color response, it's like just like there's nothing there. Like that might be one of the biggest problems. Oh. Just like I can't get anything to even go right. there. But then, like, the secondary one is, like, the black color, where it's, like, just, like, ugh, it's mm-hmm. black, and it's gross, yeah. and it needs to come out. But, like, you know, kind of the reddish and the good, like, reddish to purplish colors are kind of, like, good, normal. Mm-hmm. Yes, we want to like, increase the circulation, but there's, there's, like, all this in between. So, but, yeah, but, huh. I mean, that was part of the conversation where she was, like, I need to pull everything up into these areas to help, like, regenerate and, like, fix this tissue, but I have to get everything there first, so the cupping kind of pulls That's cool. everything to where it needs to be. So next time in Bozeman, I'll make an appointment. She's pretty great. I actually love her. Yeah. Um, so I'll give you her information. But um, I've tried a lot of things, and cupping, I will say, was from an Eastern medicinal perspective pretty effective. Yeah. I think there's a lot of that that we just don't. Well, Western fascia. medicine doesn't. She said, like, cupping really helps. Like, a lot of people don't focus on the fascia that, like, holds right. everything in place. And the cupping, like, really helps stretch and pull that fascia so things can right. move the way yeah. they need to move. Yeah. Fascia is very underrated. I, and I would much rather do something like that than just, so I, I mean, Western medicine, we're just so prone to, just let's like just do surgery, cut it open, and, yeah. And, and that's so traumatic to the body. Right. So I haven't had surgery ever to it because of that so far. I mean, I might still have to have surgery someday, but I'm like, I haven't done it yet. So, and I have had surgery on one of my knees um, to repair a meniscus, and it has, I have more problems with that knee than I do with my other knee, where that was my, I mean, I had more problems with my one knee that has not had surgery on it prior Right. And now I have more problems with the one that I have had surgery on. And I'm not saying surgery is bad. I mean, because there's a lot of instances where you have to, and that's that's what's needed to repair it. But um, I think at this point, I'm just more interested in, like, exploring other options before we cut it open. Yeah. Until we cut it open and start (laughs) trimming things.
Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That can't be repaired. After. Right. There's our yeah. next PSA for the day. Okay, yeah, okay. Big one. Hometowns. Yeah. So um a story's banned from the dinner table. Do you want to tell your poop story? Poop poop. The poop story. Okay, yeah. Tell your poop story. 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 So um <laughs> my poop story is about a fecal fat story. Oh god. Fecal fat. Okay, so I had this conversation with a very dear colleague of ours, uh, yes. you guys know, who I won't mention, but we were talking, mm-hmm. I was talking about fecal floats a lot at the dinner table, uh-huh. and she goes, oh my God, let me tell you about the fecal fat, fecal fat, fecal fat, I'm like, what the fuck is a fecal fat? That 72 hour collection, baby. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait. Um, fecal fat. So, um, this is a test if you are having indigestion problems mm-hmm. and what they want to what they want to know is like how does your body absorb nutrients and fat is definitely a nutrient that your yeah. body wants to absorb it's needed so, people it is mm-hmm. so so what they do is they put you on a special diet a couple days before like mm-hmm. three days before and they say you have to have this this and this you have to have this many like milligrams of fat blah 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 very strict yeah. very strict diet yep and then um and then you and then after a couple days like you have to collect your poop how for 72 hours for how? It could be 24. How do we do it? it could how be. Do they do it? 48. The, the best really is 72, though. I mean, to give you the really... 72 hours. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but how do they collect their poop? You what gotta... do you do with it? So, so there's different things. <laughs> you know, the best you're not supposed uh-huh. to pee on the poop. No, but do we want just the poop? So the, you want just the poop. So there's like a special collection device that they can do that looks kind of like a cowboy hat with like a... Mm-hmm. It's like a thing it's you like can a put in the toilet, uh-huh. and then you can put but don't in pee it. in it. But don't pee but in it. But don't pee in it. And yeah. you can also put like cellophane, like cling wrap. Okay, like, but then mm-hmm. after you poo the one time, what do you do with that poo? So then you're supposed to put it in a special, in a special place. It goes into a bucket. Uh, it, goes, it goes into it goes into a special collection device mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. the lab gives you, and then you're supposed mm-hmm. to put it in a cool place. Refrigerator. Mm-hmm. So you so, take your poo, or you know, and you put it in a Ice cream container. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of those gallon ice cream containers. And then put it in um, a cooler. Yeah. And I would tell patients, just get one of those um, styrofoam disposable containers. Yeah. Okay, where was I? I was talking to, about uh, fecal float. Fecal fat. Fecal fat. Oh, see, I always call it fecal float. It's not a river float, cat. I can't. Well, we used to do testing, and I don't even remember how we did it, but it was called a fecal float, where they would look for fat content floating up. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's part of it. That's part of it. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's, all that's, that's part of the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So, you, Coming so, on back. so somebody, like, has maybe a, like, an absorption issue, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, they may maybe have Crohn's disease, mm-hmm. or acute pancreatitis, or maybe that's an issue with their, like, bile ducts, or something that, uh-huh. like, you know, like, Emulsifies fat so that you can't like absorb it. Terrible. So mm-hmm. a, an absorption issue. Yeah. So um, sometimes also just for like just like little like I don't know like tip like I don't know is that like if you have somebody who has a high fecal fat content you can tell because when you clean out the bowl of their toilet. It seems like there's like a line of like Crisco. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a greasy greasy bowl. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not in my family. <laughs> <laughs> Healthy bowels. I have a Crisco line in my family. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's good thing. Interesting. Yeah. So anyway, so um, what they do is they have you, they put you on a special diet so that they know how mm-hmm. much fat your intake is, mm-hmm. and then they're going to look at the outtake. And what they're looking for is absorption. What happens in between? Right? <laughs> Cat's looking very grossed yeah. out right now. Exactly. There's something this that never be, happened in the trauma. <laughs> this may be uh, time never. number seven that Cat vomits. <laughs> no, the poo doesn't bother me, but we did 24-hour urines, but we never had to collect poo for 72 hours yeah. in a fridge. Yeah. 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 So, so, you, so, there's like, so there's special stuff you have to do. So you have like a special collection thing that you need mm-hmm. to put over the toilet. Yep. Or maybe there's like a special stick. Sometimes they get yeah. sticks so that you, you can like you gotta mix kind it. Of dish, mm. dish it out yeah. or whatever. You and really don't want it to, it. and you don't really want it to touch the the toilet water. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And there are certain TPs that you may have to use, toilet papers you may have to use. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to have like the scented or whatever that may be. Right. Then they interfere with the toilet. <laughs> yeah, well, no, you know, bothered. you guys all forget we have to explain this to the patient. We're like, oh, by the way, guess yeah. what you get to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 yeah. You don't, like, you don't want to mess like, up. Whatever you don't want to mess up. And so then when you get back science, in the, baby. When you get back in the lab, right, you science bitch. Mm-hmm. So you've got like 72 hours to poop. And so, like, oh it needs God. to so be... they put in their refrigerator. And most well, people don't have refrigerators. Two refrigerators. No, well, we tell them so a lot of times... To do a styrofoam, go get one of those cheap styrofoam coolers that you would take to do worms or whatever when you go fishing. They're only a couple bucks. Put it in one of those. Right. A thing of ice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, not everybody lives in Canada, right? So there's a warm climate. Yeah. You know, Canada does get warm. I know, but I'm talking about, like, I live in Arizona, right? You can't just put that in a styrofoam and expect it to stay cool. Well, no, you have to keep, you have to put it on ice. You know. Your freezer? No, freezer. Don't put it in the freezer. That's a problem. But so I'm just saying, so you're keeping today. your own poo in your fridge. You yeah. got 72 hours. Well, you you know. 72 hours to poop, to get poop, and then you have to, you need to test it. And so you can't mm-hmm. test the bottom, middle. Gotta mix that shit up. You gotta mix that shit up, literally. Literally, literally mix that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so like, 
shouldn't have done this. Okay, so um, so you, so you need to homogenize it, and then you take the poop specimen, and then you get the quantity of fat, and then you oh judge the amount of intake versus the amount of quality. But is this worth it? Is yes, it really is. It's very valuable. It is. It can judge stuff like celiac mm -hmm. disease and stuff like that. So it's about a bowel, 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 yeah. bowel, bowel, life people Oh, my 
I use Mr. Hubert? Oh, no. Now I'm going to get all in there. And so the moral of this story in the PSA is read the fucking instructions. Seventy two days of Oh, my God. By the way, I did not see that coming. He was such a nice man, and we never told him. We never told him. Did you figure out which were the ones you needed? We did. So he had a label. Oh, Oh, bless his heart. That very kind. Very kind. Plus more. Plus, like, we were like, were they in his garage? Like, were they in a freezer? We're not really sure. But he was like, what did you do with the other... We just fucking threw them away. <laughs> <laughs> the, the one thing that the lab has a plethora of is garbage. Yeah. Biohazard bags. Like yeah. Big ones. Like, like you so just put a whole body in there. Like, <laughs> no problem. You need to get rid of a whole body. The in the bag. <laughs> and you are a serial killer. Go ahead and dispose of your body in the hospital. In and the laboratory. different kind of sample. It wasn't a 24-hour or a 72-hour fecal fat. It was... 
it was uh, for a um, culture, and you'd have to pour it off into the different containers, mm -hmm. right? So they bring in their plain sample, and we'd have to pour it into three different preservatives, basically, to have it sent off and tested um, for a culture, okay, for um, a stool culture. We had this one guy who would never do it. He would really? never he like, do it. I'm not doing that. And he would take off, and I'm going to be throwing up, blah, blah, blah. So this, so a couple of people, and... But they basically were like, okay, the next one that comes in, you have to do it. You have to do it. You're not right. getting out of it. You're it's your fine. turn. You are doing this. So what he didn't know is the next sample that came in was one they had made for him. So we had gotten that day. We had a lot of um, uh, pharmaceutical reps who would bring this place where I worked um, food all the time because there was a huge research department and they would bring us food. Know. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So they would bring us food all the time. And so we'd had Mexican that day. So they got a urine container, sterile urine container, and they had put um, refried beans in it, and they had mixed in some salsa. <laughs> so it was a little runny, a little chunky. I think they may even throw on a little guacamole in there to give it a little green, right? So, so, so they like, so they're like, okay, here's your sample. He he thinks it's a real sample. It looked pretty fucking real too. It was pretty nasty looking. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, hey, oh, I think they threw in chocolate pudding, too, to give it that real dark, deep brown color. Oh. Yeah, so they they were like, okay, here's your sample, and he's like, oh, oh, gagging, and it stinks, and oh. we're like, oh, beyond yeah, beyond dramatic, whatever. One of our um, other phlebotomists walked in, and I love her to pieces. She's actually um, a massage therapist now in Denver, or maybe she's in Colorado Springs. But mm -hmm. she walks in with a spoon and no. took a bite of it. <laughs> he, thought, he threw up. He was so grossed out. He threw up, and he was so pissed. He was so, so mad. And these guys were just rolling on the floor laughing. So those are the mean, evil things that we will do to you in the laboratories. <laughs> I've told you my mean, evil cadaver story. If I, not, I will. If I haven't, and we're out of time, but I will tell you it someday. Okay. Next podcast. Oh, so, the mean yeah. things your coworkers do to you. Oh, we we will do some mean, awful things, and it's hilarious. But mm -hmm. um, yeah. So stupid joke. Did anybody know stupid oh. joke? No, I have one. Okay. okay. I don't. I don't. I didn't look one up. Okay. So this was. Um. This one actually came, and it's just a little tiny, tiny story. It's a sentence or two. Um. But it was really cute. It was from. Um. Somebody had posted this, and it was. What are some of the funniest thing your residents have done to you? So residents of a nursing home. It's not like another tape or a moment. No, 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 no. No, no this is. No, 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 no. That. I know that was that was seriously a dumb joke. That was a good one. That was seriously dumb. This one's just kind of cute. That's funny. So they said, my 93-year-old resident had me watering her flowers for well over 20 minutes because they had to be perfect. She then told me to look at them really closely and tell me if I noticed anything. They were fake. <laughs> Literally not real at all. Then she said, April Fools, go get me a coffee. Love that patient. You were like, like literally. First of all, geriatrics are my favorite. Of all, anyone that's a bitch like that, 99 years old, 
sign me up. Yeah. Deserve, yeah. Oh, she's like, they're a fake bitch, and I've had you watering for 20 minutes. <laughs> Give me a coffee. I'm going to get my coffee. Cunt. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> this right, has been guys. amazing, you guys. Stranger Medicine. Yeah, StrangerMedicine.com. Send us your story. story. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Retweet. Okay, when I'm eating, okay, when I'm comfortable, we have. Okay, okay, I have a Twitter account. I actually have for more than ten years. I think I've sent like two tweets out. Okay, so but we do have a Stranger Medicine Twitter account. Tweet, please. I'm figuring it out. I will get more comfortable with it. I know. Rate, review, review. subscribe. We need it. Rate us and review us. And subscribe you. us. We love you. Thank love you for listening. And um, I'm Andrea. I'm Kat. I'm Whitney. We like it strange. We like it strange. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.